This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So we were talking before the break about Facebook uh, and other social media platforms. They've, I guess, um, you know, I guess they're just starting to realize now what they didn't know then, which is stuff can go wrong because these social media platforms went from friends and family sharing, you know, uh, the dinners they eat um, and the, the way their kids are growing up. And it's become a, a breeding ground for extremes, I think, on both sides. So today, Facebook announced that, yes, it's cleaning up the hate it has decided is fueling what it calls organized hate. And we heard some of the names, Faith Goldie, Soldiers of Odin, and about half another uh, dozen groups that uh, are called dangerous hate groups have now lost their platform. But where does it go from here? And how do they isolate what is hate? Let's ask uh, Richard Warman, board of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, also a human rights lawyer. Good to have you here. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me. A lot of your work, um, you know, through your legal work as well as, uh, you know, the Canadian Anti-Hate Network would be in, in rooting out the hate that uh, I guess Facebook had pulled down. Would, would these have been the groups that you would have gone after? We've been calling for years uh, for Facebook here in Canada to deal with the fact that there are, you know, any number of individuals and groups that are disseminating hate propaganda through their platform, uh, not just uh, Facebook, but also other social media companies. So, um, you know, this is a great beginning, uh, but there are many other people that we've already, you know, notified Facebook of years ago uh, that are engaged in the same kind of hate propaganda. So we're hopeful they'll uh, apply their policy evenly across the board. Because I'm sure as as a human rights lawyer, you will know that these groups will say, hey, hold on a second, I'm not hateful just because I don't uh, share the same opinion and maybe not the names we hear today. But certainly, um, I think people might be worried that this will turn into kind of a censorship uh, creep where names like Jordan Peterson, you know, you don't like his opinion or someone doesn't like his opinion, maybe it's time to shut him down. So, you know, this is, I think, a problem for the social media companies that are self-regulating. Yeah, and in fact, they're they're not actually, they've been self-regulating up until now because no one, including the Canadian Human Rights Commission and the federal government, have chosen to apply the law uh, that the social media companies are, are obliged to comply with, and that's the Canadian Human Rights Act. They're obliged to deliver their services to the public in a non-discriminatory and non-harassing uh, fashion. And that clearly just hasn't been happening. You know, as you noted, social media platforms are... Um, you know, basically open sewers with the kinds of racist and other bigoted attacks against other individuals or groups uh, that are targeted by haters. So, um, you know, it's it's more a question of they've only been self-regulating because the law hasn't been applied equally. And if the law had actually been applied through the Canadian Human Rights Act, uh, then I, I don't think we'd be in this position that we are today where we see um, individuals who are inspired to engage in mass murders uh, by the kind of content they read on social media platforms and elsewhere. Right. And so I think a lot of people will say, okay, so this is where they've started. Who else in your mind do they need to be? Not not necessarily specifics, but there's certainly, it's not just neo-Nazis or white nationalists uh, that are the problem. There's a lot of hate on both sides. 
listen, in terms of uh, hate propaganda that's illegal, that's already illegal in Canada, um, the courts have been very specific and the human rights tribunals have been very specific that there are uh, defined criteria, things like if you're alleging that the group um, on the basis of their race, religion, sexual orientation, or what have you, are responsible for all the world's evils, uh, if we should engage in violence against them, if um, past things like the Holocaust, if you engage in Holocaust denial, or minimizing it and saying, look, you know, it didn't go far enough. Those kinds of things are um, factors that will be taken into consideration when you're considering whether hate propaganda is, is illegal in Canada. And, you know, the courts and up to and including the Supreme Court have been very specific that it takes, uh, it, you know, it takes a pretty far step past that, that gray area in order to be caught up with either the criminal code or the human rights um, civil law controls. But in terms of private platforms like Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, Twitter, those are private platforms that are entirely uh, open to setting up their own terms of service. And when they claim that they don't allow harassment or demonization of communities on the basis of things like their race or religion, mm-hmm. uh, then you know it, it's up to them, yes, to, to enforce that. But it's also up to the government and the Human Rights Commission to ensure that they obey the law. And that hasn't happened to date. And that's why we see these kinds of incidents uh, where there, you know, people are permitted to, to basically run amok. Yeah. And it's very hard to put the toothpaste back in this, too, because it's been allowed to grow and fester for so long now. So I don't know how you ever actually rid social media platforms of the kind of uh, spread of hate. Um, and so I think this becomes a big challenge as to where does it go? Because I think a lot of people will say, I'd rather my hate out in the open. You know, with freedom of speech, I'd rather know who I'm watching for and what they're saying than drive it further underground. And so the groups that lost their platform today, are there other areas that they can go and set up shop? They will always gravitate towards the lowest common denominator in terms of people who will permit virtually anything to go. Uh, That has been a shrinking um, area of the Internet for social media platforms that will permit anything. So I think their opportunity to try and get around these kinds of uh, controls that amount to basic human decency are are fewer and fewer. But I think, you know, one of the things to to bear in mind is the fact that this kind of material has been unlawful uh, for, um, you know, years and years under the Human Rights Act. It's just that those laws haven't been applied to uh, these kinds of social media platforms in the way that they should have if the law had been respected. Right. And so we're at this point now where social media just, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, Twitter's not, I'm not sure what they're doing at this point, but they, they really have been very, very slow to act. And you're right, they're a private company, so it is up to them to decide uh, what can and can't be on their platform. At the same time, they are so enormously influential uh, that they have to bear a responsibility for the public at large and the greater uh, good at large. So why hasn't our government, um, Richard, been tougher on on legislating it? Not that I want governments ruining, you know, and and over-regulating things, but at the the same point, we have TV stations, radio stations, newspapers. We have very strict rules with what we can and can't do, whereas you have these social media platforms that can put whatever it wants out there, and there's no consequence. Yeah, and I think that's one of the really unfortunate things is you have um, newspapers, journalists uh, like yourself, you know, digging into these kinds of questions. The Guardian newspaper in the UK ran a profile on Facebook's, what Facebook's actual uh, guidance to their monitors were for hate speech. 
And one of the things that they talked about was that Facebook's um, policy was that they would not, in fact, remove illegal hate propaganda unless there was a serious threat of prosecution in any domestic um, market that they were involved in. So when you have that kind of um, open uh, disdain for obeying domestic law, then you have to question whether that's good corporate citizenship. I personally don't think it is. And in this case, it's, it's not really a question of inventing new laws. Uh, because the laws that control mm-hmm. hate speech uh, and harassment on the basis of things like race, religion, sexual orientation, those laws already exist. They're in the Canadian Human Rights Act. It's just a fact that the federal government and the Canadian Human Rights Commission, who are responsible for enforcing those laws, haven't done it. Yeah, they've been very, very slow on this because, again, social media works very well for a lot of our political parties. So I don't think they want to break uh, what they don't see is broken, but it very is very clearly uh, broken. Just before I let you go, where are the areas now, now that you see that need to be taken care of that are still kind of under the radar but are, are a threat? Sure. I, I mean, you know, this kind, what we've seen in the most recent years is uh, the sort of elements of the hate propagandists learning that, look, you know, when you're targeting Jews in the black community, that becomes less socially acceptable. But now there's a, a switch in focus and a transfer over to attacking and demonizing the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. So you have this sort of birth um, of a, a very broad-based anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant, anti-migrant uh, kind of, of focus for the hate propagandists. So I, I think, you know, we've seen what happens. We don't need 50 people to die. Uh, in another mass murder, like in Christchurch, uh, we know what this kind of hate propaganda leads to. Um, and in fact, any number of those messages that inspired the murder in New Zealand are freely available on social media. So hopefully um, what happened today is a starting cutting back that kind of messaging, but uh, it, it needs to be enforced on an ongoing basis. We'll continue to watch it. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Alex. That is Richard Warman, who uh, is a board member of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. They've worked a long time on this, and they are starting to see uh, their work uh, and the results of it.